Ahoy there, and welcome back to Domance Dawn, your premier source for people looking at One Piece and The Simpsons and comparing them and matching characters. I'm Luke, he, him, sometimes they, them. And I'm joined by my lovely co-host, who's going to have three things about herself to say tonight. Oh, uh, hi, my name is Janine, my pronouns are she, they, and I'm known to be pretty gay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just trapped Janine into 30 minutes of me explaining Grant Morrison's Batman epic for the past half hour on what will be bonus content on the Patreon. And I feel a bit bad about that. <laughs> but also... My wife does not care about me talking about Batman. And we had previously, Janine and I, discussed Batman on the last episode, on the 39th episode, which makes this the 40th episode. Happy 40. I don't know. What do you say on, like, 40th episodes? 40 and Florty. Sure. I've got nothing better, and I really don't want to try We can still rent cars. It's all downhill from here. We're like two twenties. That's how many cakes that Lex Luthor stole. And that's terrible. This is going to be an interesting one because one of the main conceits is that we match named One Piece characters. And we don't have any characters in this episode. And it's been a few episodes since that has been been the case but uh beyond talking too much about batman i have made other mistakes related to this show <laughs> on a section that we like to call mints uh so in the last episode i said that this was when dr marvin monroe returned but it was actually an earlier episode we have covered uh i think i'm Yeah, I was just mixed up there. Uh, Also, Janine, you made the classic fool's blunder in the last episode. What was the blunder? Uh, So the Simpsons Treehouse segment with the killer to pay was called Hell to Pay, not uh, another title like you thought, but it actually shared that title with the Amazing Fantasy segment that inspired it. Because, I mean, Hell to Pay is a great pun, and you you just don't avoid that pun. Well, it looks like I've been made a fool of by whichever Simpsons wiki that I was reading. That is early for that one. Yeah. You know, smoke them if you got them. But don't smoke, kids. Don't even vape. Not even once. Because we aren't paid to advertise that. 
if uh, you are in charge of a business that has vapes and you need a podcast for some reason to talk about your stuff, um, well, I'm gonna be, I'm not even gonna put that out there because yeah. as I was, I was like, wow, that is very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, like we both have moral qualms with selling drugs to kids. Unless you're the fine folks at insert company name that would be offering us moral corrupting amounts of money. Which I don't think we have the number of views that are needed to like garner the that money. But what we do have are episodes that initially ran between August 21st and October 30th of the year 2005. Ah, Halloween in the year 2005. That would have been when I was in the rich neighborhood, and you know what I found out, Janine? What did you find out? The longer the driveway, the less likely those shits are going to give you any candy that is actually worthwhile. You go to the slightly less effluent neighborhood, and that's where they actually give you candy. (laughs) The mayors gave out full bars and... Like, that was about it. It was otherwise like, oh, I get to do a three-mile trek up your fancy fucking uh, driveway for a fun-sized Snickers. Hmm. That's that's not going to work for me. I am excited for Halloween this year, though, my friend. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. My current plan is to go over to another friend's house where they actually get trick-or-treaters, and I've gotten those uh, Pokemon trick-or-treat card packs again. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I enjoy bringing delight to people. I still don't know my plans, but I still have a costume anyway. Ooh, what are you going to be for Halloween? A weed fairy. I mean, that's your vibe. That's pretty generally. much just me already. Yeah, but. yeah. But you, you, you decorate yourself with the accoutrement to look the part. Getting dressed to the nines to blaze four twenty. So let's talk about these Simpsons episodes. <laughs> All right. Uh, the first one is Bonfire of the Manatees. Fat Tony forces Homer to let them shoot a porn at the house. When Marge finds out about it, she leaves and meets Caleb Thorne, who works with manatees and inspires Marge with his purpose. Homer comes to apologize to her, but Marge doesn't want to return because now she has a purpose. Homer tries to win her back by protecting the manatees gets his ass beaten, and then Marge decides that Homer is her purpose. There's some decent bits in this one, but it's another, oh, Homer made a mistake and now has to get things back to the status quo. I did like... Was there a (laughs) B-plot? Uh, no, there wasn't really a B-plot. We did get the scene where they visit uh, the cousins, but it turns out that they aren't related by blood. It's their dogs that are actually cousins. Which was funny. 
Yeah, otherwise it's like pretty straightforward. Any other comments on this one? And then we get an Alec Baldwin that's not playing an Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. It was kind of nice. Um, yeah, uh, this would I have mean, been like, 30 Rock era. I don't like... The joke is like, Homer is like such a terrible person. It's like, it's hard to really root for the inevitable end where she takes him back when it's like, he probably doesn't deserve her. And it's like, I don't know. It's depressing that Marge decides that her purpose is to care for Homer. It is. We have seen again and again that like Marge can do wonderful things, but kind of lets herself be, uh, like shackled to Homer. And I understand that it's supposed to be like, oh, this is kind of romantic and he's done romantic gestures. But there's a point where it's. Let me, let me say right now from experience, large romantic gestures in the moment when things are bad in order to patch up things does not solve the problems that caused the rift in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, there have been, like, honestly good moments before where I felt um, Homer and Marge were just, like, like an actual married couple, but now it just feels like they're a running misogynist gag. It's, I think it's the lesser discussed part of Jerk-Ass Homer, which is the destruction of Marge's personhood. And they've gotten better about it. Like, uh, season 35 started this week, and the first episode came out, and it's like, oh, Marge gets, like, a voice. She gets to, like, have, like, a, a arc of where things go, and... Like, how she feels about things. Hell yeah, Marge deserves that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of, we need her to forgive Homer is a, a weak thing. Um, also, this would have been a year before uh, 30 Rock started. So this would have been when Alec Baldwin was coming hot off of playing himself on a one episode of Johnny Bravo. Wow. Or it's the people who are really nostalgic for Clerks, the animated series where he voices Leonardo, Leonardo. Wow. I guess. Well, (laughs) (sighs) Are you thinking about Clerks Animated Series now? I am. They did a flashback episode on the second episode. (laughs) It's so good. It is the last good thing (sighs) that he made. Not 
Uh, Alec Baldwin, but... <laughs> I believe Alec Baldwin's Kevin's. best work was as Leonardo Leonardo. The, <laughs> yeah. The clerks. The animated, animated series. That, yeah, you know, the one that got cancelled really early into it. It only had like a few episodes air. Oh yeah, it got cancelled after the second episode, I believe. Yeah, uh, only the first two episodes were broadcast, and then the rest of them got uh, put onto like late night TV and had the DVD release. Such a good, dumb show. Oh. That's what we would do if we found, like, a anime that only has six episodes. We'd do Clerks the Animated Series times whatever that show would be. <laughs> we, we should have had a clip show in our second episode. I don't want to edit all that. I haven't even gotten to editing the parts together where you're saying you're glad that the Mary's dead. Uh... The next episode we had is The Girl Who Slept Too Little. Lisa starts sleeping with her parents when the city builds a graveyard behind their house instead of a stamp museum. Lisa tries to conquer her fears alone when her parents can't help. She has a dream inspired by where the wild things are and her parents, or, and her dreams tell her that it is all right to be afraid, which helps her to be less afraid. And I... I think there's some slow parts to this. I think there are some bits that work, but it is also a good... Oh, yeah, no, Lisa is a child who puts a lot on herself. She can and should be, like, given flaws and foibles and, like, bits of realism like this. And it goes to show that anyone can be scared so that, I don't know... I feel like there's a lot of um, adults my age who need these lessons spoon-fed to them. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that they've reapproached a few times, and it's worked out pretty well. Like one of the best episodes in the past few years was another episode about like Lisa being afraid and trying to deal with that. I think that... We should have had a stamp museum built closer to where we live. Oh, yeah, because then we can just charge people for parking. Yeah. Um, I I did find it weird that they didn't actually use the Where the Wild Things Are or Marie Sendak. It really makes you wonder about the things that they, you know, have the mimic brand of and things that they directly mimic, you know? Because mm-hmm. he was, like, Marie Sendak was still alive at that point. And it was before the movie had come out. And it was just like a, why not use the actual thing 
I guess maybe the uh like I mean it's like, that they do. Yeah, I think that it would just be like really hard for them just to be like Hey, do we want to go through the effort of writing a children's book author to see if they want to do something on The Simpsons? Like, there's an assumption that the answer is going to be no. And I feel like, from what I've heard in the past, there have been a lot of cases where someone else thinks, this probably won't be a thing, and they avoid it, like even asking and then finding out that, hey, it would probably would have been a thing. I mean, a lot of the times, though, uh, like, especially with the fucking Simpsons, they get, like, big-name polls who don't do anything else. And that's even with, like, modern Simpsons, where people are like, oh, it's not good anymore. Uh, yeah, it... It, it's just a weird thing that I did want to call out. But no, I like the episode. It gives Lisa a good plot. We get uh, Gravedigger Billy. <sighs> Gravedigger Billy. And also so many monsters, and I can't wait to use them. I'm looking at you, 499 Steak Monster. Spider Bart. Uh, last, we have Millhouse of Sand and Fog, where Kirk and Luann hook up at a chicken pox party and start unseparating. Millhouse doesn't like the lack of attention, so he and Bart try to re-separate them. They leave one of Marge's bras at the house, so Luann thinks Marge and Kirk are hooking up, and Homer is a jerk uh, when he thinks that Kirk and Marge were in a relationship, so Marge rightfully kicks him out. Bart confesses what he did to Marge, but she still doesn't forgive Homer. So Bart tries endangering himself, but ends up in real danger. And so Homer and Marge work together and Homer trusts Marge and they save Bart. And they don't earn the ending here either. Like there is a difference between believe me so we can save our child versus, uh, believe that your wife would not cheat on you with Kirk Van Houten? I do like when Homer tells Luann straight in her face no woman alive would want to sleep with that guy. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like she needs to know that there's a reason why he's not wanted by other people. And she's maybe saying yes to too many things. Mm-hmm. Also, this episode came about nine seasons after A Millhouse Divided. Wow. Which means that they were a divorced couple... Uh, at this point, longer than they had ever been together. Uh, Kirk and Luann. Interesting point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where we do start... Well, I mean, we've already seen them playing with the Simpsons continuity more, but kind of like, what do we expect to never change? 
Uh, yeah. So three pretty solid episodes overall, or at least two solid episodes. Uh, new characters that we have unlocked include Professor Pigskin, Sultry Stevens, Dim Willie, Clay Homer, uh, Sneezeguard Monster, and Slug Millhouse. Also, Snoopy with a gun. I forgot <laughs> about that bit. Because uh, there's an OC parody that they're doing in that last episode, and I forgot that it was coming up because there was a bit where they're uh, out to uh, Phantom Planet, uh, where they're going to Six Flags set to Phantom Planets, California, and they're playing with Snoopy, and then Snoopy is holding him up at the ATM with a gun, and it's just so good. That has been a meme between Devin and I for a long while. (laughs) Anyways, uh, we then have the One Piece episodes that we are covering. These episodes include... The signal is the explosion. CP9 starts to move. CP9 unmasked. They're shocking. True faces. The secret bond. Frankie and Iceberg. Come back, Robin. The confrontation with CP9. Destruction of the Straw Hat Pirates. The terror of the model leopard. The man who was loved by his ship. Usopp's tears. Yeah, so I like that we get one mention of like, oh, CP9's probably behind everything. And it's like, well, we've never heard about CP9 before. And then it's like, oh, CP9! In that case, let me tell you all about them. Let me tell you about my friends CP9. They're going to kill us. So here we get to learn more about the world government and how it works, and then immediately just be like, but then it also works like this, but nobody knows about it, but now you know about it. I mean, this is just animal this is just anime Cointel Pro. That was where they tried to shut down leftist groups by, like, infiltrating them. I'm really dumb. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's also fine. I had to look it up because I am also really dumb because it's like, this is something that's stored in my mind and I'm pretty sure it's relevant here. And uh, Thomas Hurt, uh, or Thomas Wayne, a.k.a. Dr. Hurt, is the leader of the Black... Nope, see, my brain just went back to Batman. Uh, So, yeah, no, it's... I mean, the CIA and the FBI, fuck those guys. Uh, Especially for actively suppressing, uh, you know... Social movements that would generally serve to better help the populace and work to 
uh, increase equality. I mean, good on them for also infiltrating and working to shut down the KKK, but uh, some of these things are not like the others. So, uh huh. So, the Galila shipwrights are defending Iceberg's room when he asks to talk to Polly alone, leaving Kaku, Rob Lucci, Tilestone, and Lulu guarding the door. Iceberg asks Polly to go to a secret safe in his office. Outside of the headquarters, Robin and the members of CP9 set off an explosion as a distraction which breaks up the perimeter guard. Lulu and Tilestone leave to investigate when a masked figure with a whip appears outside and takes down more men. Meanwhile, the Straw Hats notice that Luffy has already rushed into the fray, but they can't find him. Robin and her partner are cornered but seem to vanish into a wall when they get surrounded, and the figure with the whip seemingly is able to jump through the air. Polly, meanwhile, opened the vault only to be met by two more masked figures, members of Cypherpol 9, a.k.a. CP9, who took out the other shipwrights and now plan to kill Polly to get the plans. Robin and her partner make a door into Iceberg's room with the door-door fruit, and the partner shoots Iceberg in the shoulder. Robin confesses that she was mostly there to throw suspicion to the Straw Hats, and they previously left Iceberg alive. That way he would send someone to fetch the blueprints, which he has done. Twists! So, outside, Chopper, Zoro, and Nami uh, plan to go through the front door, expecting that The explosion kind of would have pulled everyone away, but the guards didn't think that anyone made it inside since they all got knocked out. So the trio of Straw Hats gets attacked. And meanwhile, we find out that Luffy got stuck between two buildings, which watching this, it's like, yeah, no, they do generally find ways to keep Luffy out of the battles. And that's something that the Netflix show didn't do as much. I think they found ways to restructure a lot of those conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting stuck between two buildings is a pretty good way to get off of a fight or two. Like, that is still hilarious and just somehow so Luffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of so Luffy and also probably getting stuck between buildings, uh, did you hear there's going to be a Luffy balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Holy crap, I didn't. Hi, Funky! Uh, yeah, that got announced yesterday or today. And... If you don't count Pikachu, he is going to be the second anime character to have a balloon. Do you know what the first one was? Goku? Mm Mm-hmm. Ha! Uh, Tilestone finds the other guards got knocked out uh, when he was away, and also Rob, Lucci, and Kaku have been killed by Robin's partner. Uh, Tilestone attacks that partner and smashes him with a giant hammer that just crumples against him. 
and then gets laid out with a single punch followed by the other people who witnessed this attack. Back in the room, Iceberg confesses that he has been worried about Nika Robin his entire life because she might destroy the world. He knows that she wants to decipher the Ponyglyphs, which has led to her high bounty, because she could use that information to revive the ancient weapons. Iceberg, now knowing that Robin is working with CP9 to rebuild the ancient weapons, uh, knows that he is after the blueprint for Pluton, which is an ancient battleship that was entrusted to Tom, who has also warned him about Robin and the danger of the weapon being rebuilt, and that's when Iceberg reveals that he set his own trap. In the office, Polly holds on to the document against the CP9 agents, but eventually it's taken down, but not before he reveals that the blueprints that he got were fake. And that's when Luffy crashes into the room, gets stuck in another wall, and he puts together that these masked figures are the people forcing Robin to stay. They attack Luffy, which frees him, but then he and Polly get nailed to the ground. Back in Iceberg's room, the CP9 agents reveal themselves to be Rob Lucci, Kaku, Khalifa, and Bluno from the bar! And did you see that coming, Janine? I didn't. It was very strange that some of those characters had five stars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, in one of those five-star characters, I still lied about their score, so... We'll see that as things continue on. Uh, meanwhile, Usopp is working on the Going Merry when Frankie and the Square Sisters Kiwi and Mozu capture him and the ship. Zoro gets lost and separated from Chopper and Nami at the Galela base while Luffy is able to escape from his bonds. The CP9 agents reveal that they were undercover for the past five years and now need the blueprints so they can end the pirate era. Granny Kokoro, meanwhile, is wandering through the streets before the storm with Chimney and Gonbei and notes that she's only been drinking for the past eight years. I wonder what those eight years will be important. Rob Lucci figures out that Iceberg doesn't have the original blueprints based on how he's acted here. The fake blueprints, which were created by Tom's workers, mention Iceberg, Tom, and Cuddy Flam. Tom was a legendary shipwright with two shipwright assistants, Iceberg and Cuddy Flam, but Cuddy Flam died eight years ago. But it turns out that he maybe didn't actually die because they put together the clues. Cuddy Flam has survived, and he is actually Frankie, who must have the blueprints. It so, is so strange how many turns have just happened. They uh, basically gave me a lot of information that say, here's Water 7. By the way, everything I just told you, fuck it. Uh-huh. New information. Uh-huh. These people for five years have just been like a secret organization that's actually spies. Robin is a part of them. And also, Frankie, the person that you met, is actually, like, another person whose name that you've heard twice. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're going to be finding more out about Tom and Cuddy Flam going forward. 
Nami, Zoro, and Chopper make their way to Iceberg's room, followed by Luffy and Polly. Polly doesn't understand what's going on at first. Rob Lucci explains the situation. Then I love that Polly gets angry because not that Lucci has betrayed them most off, but that he can actually talk and that he is just committed to doing this whole talking bird bit for the past five years. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it really, like, if you have something that weird, it'll throw everybody off of the other stuff that you have going on, like an alternate were-cat form. Well, we're not quite there yet. Uh, We find out that Lucci has been hiding his real strength because we kind of saw him being evenly matched with Polly earlier, and then he just takes Polly down with a single finger, uh, is not harmed by Luffy's attacks, thanks to something I mentioned called the Six Powers, and then he just takes Luffy down as well. Luffy is still not sure what is going on, but he wants to get Robin back, and Robin's still not planning to return to the crew. So CP9 plans to burn down the building and kill the Straw Hats inside. The CP9 agents block Luffy from reaching Robin, Kaku does admit that the Going Merry is actually broken, and then Robin vanishes uh, without Luffy and Zoro being able to reach her. And that's when Rob Lucci reveals that he also has a devil fruit, because he ate the cat-cat leopard model devil fruit, which turns him into a big ol' cat man. Which is horrifying. It is. He chestered the cheetah himself. He's dangerously he's, CP. He's dangerously cheesy. Mm-hmm. It's trying to be like dangerously CP nine Z, but yeah. And I do like that they're like, oh yeah, no, uh, the the carnivore ones are inherently just going to fuck you up more. So the fire ignites at the building. Uh, Lucci releases another kick that causes the ceiling to start to collapse. Chopper tries to save Nami and gets caught in the debris. Polly, meanwhile, works to save Iceberg. And when Luchi goes to kill Polly, Luffy intercepts him. But he just gets speared through and then uh, clawed in the chest and then tossed out the building. Zoro tries to cut Luchi, also gets tossed out of the building, followed by the now unconscious Nami. So CP9 leave with Polly and Iceberg tied up in the fire. That way they can track down Frankie and the Blueprints. Uh, The Frankie family, meanwhile, is trying to get Luffy and the rest of the crew to go after Usopp. Rob Lucci overhears them and then just kicks the shit out of them to find out where Frankie's hiding. In that very same hideout, Frankie and the Square Sisters are sad about Usopp's story and how much he cares about the going merry. And Frankie also kind of explains that he already spent the money that he stole, but he still gets to be angry about what the pirates did to the Frankie house and his family. And he's not a totally evil guy, though. And he's like, yeah, no, Usopp, you can just stay here with the ship while this storm is going on. Frankie is complicated. It's great. So... Frankie explains that Water 7 is built on an island that is slowly sinking each year, and uh, things were worse until the sea train was invented by Tom and helped to save the island. And 
I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Venice, which inspired uh, Water 7, also famously sinking and is also kind of fucked because there are more hotel rooms or there are more places that are set as tourist locations than there are people living in the city now. Like, people who own property are just converting their spaces into hotels and places where you can stay. And there's so many visitors, but nobody actually living there or caring about things, and so they're not really finding ways to fix the long-term sinking solutions. And so there was a news article that came out a few weeks back where it's like, yeah, they're looking at charging people like a euro a day to visit. And it was like, well, isn't this so crazy? And it's like, no, if people aren't willing to pay a euro to visit this city that is like regarded as a landmark, but also needs a lot of infrastructure, uh, they shouldn't visit here. Which I think is completely fair. I also might have that about wrong, but I'm not going to look it up now. And <laughs> I spent too long talking about Batman, Janine. I, I think that that was easy to do with any amount of talking about Batman, but but uh, Frankie asks, one uh huh. So Frankie asks what Usopp plans to do with the going Mary, and Usopp says that he plans to head home. So Frankie tells him that he can't do that because the ship is fucked. So he starts smashing the going Mary because he's like, yeah, if you try and sail back to this, you are going to die. You don't want to die. And Usopp tries to fight back, and Frankie's just like, no, you're going to look at this damage. And Usopp still wants to fix her because he's known that the ship has been dying. And remembers when he saw the spirit working on the ship in Skypea that returned her to her original form. And he thought that he heard the ship talk to him, promising to carry everyone for a bit longer. That was kind of when he was like, the ship is dying. And Frankie uh, explains that that was a clubouter man, which is the spirit of a ship that is truly loved. And when Frankie asks him, why he got into a fight with Luffy over the ship before he can explain. CP9 arrives at the door, knocking out Kiwi and Mozu, and we got a big ol' standoff. What a cliffhanger. Uh Uh-huh. Happy 40 episodes, Janine. Happy 40 episodes. I was not, I would never expect that the anime took this many turns and got to this place right here. But um, I'm glad that our podcast that has been following it has been um, on such a wonderful voyage. I mean, I feel this is one of my favorite things that I get to do is just like sit with you and talk about an anime and a cartoon show that's gone on for a while and find the things that we like about it, the mm-hmm. strange and funny things that we could be able to just point out and have a good time. And honestly, thank you for um, anybody who's um, been listening to us for 40 episodes. 
Yeah. Uh, honestly, I've enjoyed doing this show with you. I enjoy getting to hang out with you because of the show. I think we've, I mean, we have undeniably become better friends over doing the show. No doubt about it at all. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It is wild that uh, we have hit 40 episodes. It is wild that we do not have any new matches to do. It is wild that uh, my neighbor is drumming because it is almost 10 p.m. at night. And, uh, yeah. When did the Simpsons movie come out? I, I had wanted to look that up before. And I had forgotten to. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. that We kind of have a weird ending to this episode because it's, it's a weird ending point. So. Yeah. Consider y'all lucky, I guess, that we yeah. didn't uh, end up recording up to like two hours of raw audio. Uh huh. I mean, if you want to subscribe to my Patreon, you you can, and then you can hear me talk about Batman for thirty minutes. But you probably don't want that. Um, Janine, next episode, uh, we are going to have something wild up here I believe um let me see oh okay nope never mind that's going to be in episode 257 which will be on our 42nd episode where we meet the strongest member who will ever join the straw hat pirates no next episode uh we just go and meet Jerry. Just Jerry? Oh, no, there's going to be eight characters, but Jerry's going to be the big one. Well, unless you want a character voiced, or a character who's inspired by uh, Mankind. Ooh. Uh-huh. And guess what? What's that? He's going to suck really hard. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's not going to be for another two weeks. Janine, where can you be found online? Well, uh, you could find me on my last days of being on Twitter. That is Janine Juliet. But you could find me now on uh, Blue Sky. That's Janine Juliet. Dot Social. I'm getting used to like that, but I am going to pronounce the B-S-K-Y part as Bisky. Just like the character from Hunter Hunter. Sure. She's like an 80-year-old woman who makes herself look young because she wants to be cute. I get that. Uh, and then you can find me on Blue Sky at 
Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. You can find me most places there. Like you can find my Discord looking that up. Just say, oh shit, what up? Um, I don't have too much other stuff uh going on right now. I'm coming off of vacation mode and then stuff is going to get really wild. So uh, the last person we need to give a shout out to is Mike Patton, who you can find on Blue Sky and I think maybe Twitter still at Patton Pending. That's P-A-T-T-E-N-P-E-N-D-I-N-G. Uh, also, I'll give a shout out to Colt Hoskins, who did our first batch of covers that helped to get us to this point. And uh, yeah, Domance Dawn has a Facebook that I sometimes remember to update, a Tumblr and its own Blue Sky, which... You can just look up the name and find it. Uh, you can also go to our website at domancedon.com. That's what we got. Uh, we'll be back, like I said, in two more weeks with Revelations and uh, a Halloween Town 2 Calabax Revenge situation on The Simpsons. We'll see you then. Smooth sailing. So Batman ends up getting disrupted by the New 52 where it's supposed to be a relaunch of the character.